0: Welcome to the Freedom Chronicles. Definitely an anti-social type.
1: Only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. Hi, perhaps you recognize me. It's your favorite president. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem government is the problem we got a loudspeaker speaker here when we go into battle we play music very loud with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor <laughs>
0: hello everybody welcome back to another episode of the freedom chronicles i'm your host mike ambassiani thank you for joining us uh we are of course broadcasting from the brian chapman state farm bunker right here in southwest florida and like a good neighbor brian chapman state farm is there for all of the insurance needs that you have for your very own bunker you can give his office a call at 941-625-9998 or visit the office at 2040 tamiami trail in port charlotte and this show is also sponsored by the local meat club by tyrone and marcella jackson based out of columbus ohio go to localmeatclub.com using the affiliate link in the description of this video and use promo code freedom cow all caps so that they know that we sent you. You can become a member to have access to locally raised, hormone-free freezer beef, pastured pork, and raw dairy products. Pick and choose from aged Angus ground beef, ribeye steaks, breakfast sausage, raw butter, raw milk, bacon, and even a family week's worth package that includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can also pick up Tyrone's book, Life's Little Handbook, Seven Steps to Finding Success in Life, which explores some of life's most challenging questions. At just 54 pages, it's simple and straight to the point. Join the club and experience the difference that fresh, life-supporting food makes. Use the link in the description. Use promo code FREEDOMCOW, all caps, in the description below, localmeatclub.com. With me, as always, Mr. Ken Lovejoy. And first time on the show, it's a pleasure to have him. Comedian, host of the Chad Prather Show on Blaze TV, and great musician, it's Chad Prather. Oh, Chad. How are you, Gentlemen, sir? I'm well. It's good to see both of you. you Thanks. too. Thanks for coming on.
1: Ken, how are you? Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, in fact, uh, I've got my uh, uh, meat delivery should be showing up. I just got an email this morning uh, delivered tomorrow night. Excellent. It's going to be good. We're gonna have a, we, need, we need to have the taste test right here on the show maybe next week. I'll get the grill out. Yeah, get the grill we'll out. Joe crack up the grill. Exactly. We'll get it going. I want awesome. Tyrone's, yeah, Tyrone's
2: book.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy. I book.
2: 54 pages. I'm all about that.
0: right (laughs) you can read it in the time that you eat one of the hot dogs yeah (laughs) i like it yeah so chad uh thanks for coming on the show um i mean there's a lot to learn about you and you have your show the chad pray the show on the blaze uh, available on youtube as well i mean kind of what started first the musician the conservative the comedian what what kind of started with you 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 start out as just
1: a wee child (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the in the, in the
2: realm of entertainment, yeah, it was it was uh, it was as a very young child. I was on television for the first time when I was three years old, reciting a Bible story, uh, David and Goliath, from a record that I used to listen to, uh, right. and the local ministry TV network thing had me on doing those things every week. It was it was kind of interesting, but. Listen, I was an athlete. Um, I was an athlete. I was a baseball player. I played baseball because for me, that was entertainment. I loved playing in front of an audience, playing in front of a crowd, in front of fans. And, uh, uh, you know, I was involved in uh, theater and, and I was always competitive even with theater. We used to do something in my hometown of Augusta, Georgia called one act play competitions that the local high schools would put on. And you would actually do a one-act play, and, and you'd compete against other schools. Uh, and so, you know, I, you got to have a lot of confidence as an athlete to also be involved in theater because your buddies are going to give you a hard time about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I just love being on stage. You know, I, I just always loved being on stage. I loved being in front of people, being able to communicate with them. I've always said that if I could get people to stand still or walk slow, that I'll talk to them. And I think that stems from being a hyperactive kid that grew up down in the woods uh, in Georgia and not having any local friends and no outlet for that. I'm a very social person. I've always said that, you know, if if they would stuff us and put us in a, in a museum after we're dead, they'd probably put me in my natural habitat and that would be the cocktail party, you know? So uh, (laughs) for me, I just like people. I like talking to people. I like making people laugh and entertaining people. And I've always said that if you could take, enough things that you do with mediocrity and put them all together it might be one quality show so for me i consider myself a (laughs) mediocre comedian uh, a subpar musician but i'm a great salesman and i uh you know i always tell people that i i'm the least you know i come from a family of musicians my mother uh, was a professional pianist and you know, out of a family of musicians, I'm probably the least musician of all of them. I come from a family of cowboys, but uh, I'm the least cowboy of all of them. But I'm the only one that ever figured out how to make money. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's go. a pretty good trade off in the grand scheme. <laughs> uh, Sounds good. But, you, know, you don't sell me, the steak, you sell the sizzle. Me. Yeah, I, I'm telling you. And so, I, you know, I'm 50 years old. I, I always tell people it took 42 years for me to really realize who I am. Uh, and, you know, the you read in the uh, book of John, it talks about the, the John the Baptist was the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. And I always, that always stood out to me that he was a voice. He wasn't an echo. He wasn't saying what others were saying. And that that means a lot to me because I felt like I was echoing a lot of people. I was an imitation of mentors and, you know, father figures and things like that, people I respected. And I think it took about 42 years for me to come into my own and be comfortable in my own skin and just say, you know what? Screw it. People are going to love you. People are going to hate you and and there's nothing you can do about that. And so uh, I I always wanted to be able to take a, I always wanted to tell jokes, but then I I, I knew, I know about five or six uh, guitar chords. And I said, well, what if I can tell the joke, tell the joke with a guitar in my hand? And so it kind of evolved into its own little brand niche of comedy. And uh, people seem to like it. They show up when, when we sell tickets. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to
1: knock it too hard. Right, So it's a great show. Yeah, you know, I've seen you've been to Vasani twice now, mm-hmm. and or three times. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I so think it's a great times. show every time. Yeah, dude, I, I,
2: listen, and you guys being there in, uh, in in Port Charlotte and in that area, I mean, it, that's that's like a home away from home. I, I've been there a few times now, and every time I come, I stay for what four or five days, and uh, and I love it. You know, getting to come in there and hang with with you, Mike, and, and of course, you know, be on Ken's show and. And I follow both of you on social media. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, long lost brothers in that regard. And, and I love coming yeah, right. there. It's great. Vasani are tremendous friends. And um, and there's certain places, you know, there's certain places you go in, across the country. And I'm in a lot of cities every year. There's certain places you really just don't care if you go back. Um, but I hope that I hope that um, they'll always have me back there at the Vasani. I hope right. I never do anything to screw them.
0: No, no. We love you there. You're selling. (laughs) So it's working out great. But it's nice to see that that you're able. Go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, we do have venues that they'll they'll respond to my agent and say, you know, Chad's values just do not fit the values of our uh, establishment. And I'm like, you don't like money? I I mean, it's not about blue or red. It's about green. I mean, you you call yourself a free market capitalist, you run a venue and based off of people coming and paying to speak at somebody, set your politics aside, swallow it.
1: Exactly. And particularly if it's a comedy club. Yeah. I mean, I I, 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 I don't get, I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all. No, we had had
2: an email and my agent, you know, he keeps me pretty well insulated from, from the rejection letters. Uh, which I could care less, but he said (laughs) it was kind of hilarious. This was out of Wyoming, and a guy said that, and then at the bottom under his uh, email signature, he put he, him, and then he had a link to why they use pronouns in their uh, email signatures, and it sent you to an entire blog site about the importance of using pronouns. And I said, thank you, God, for making them reject me. I do not want to go to that and in Wyoming, of all places, so
1: who wow. knows? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, come on, I, Wyoming, you got less than 700,000 people in the, whole, in the entire state. <laughs> you would think that you just show up at my place, please. I don't care what your politics yeah. are. Yeah. It, and
2: not only that, Wyoming, you would think with as few people as they yeah. have there, that um, it'd be reasonably you could reasonably quickly identify what their pronouns are without needing a block site.
0: Yeah, right. There's the state tranny. (laughs) (laughs) You were there when he was born, you know what he's got. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so chat, tell me when, when you started doing the comedy, when did you start uh, putting in more of the political conservative aspect of it? Obviously, growing up in Georgia, you're a proud American and you're Christian American. When did the politics start playing a bigger part for you?
2: Uh, you know, for me, I, I went to the University of Georgia and when I took off and went to school at the age of 18, I was immediately thrust into a world of um, uh, political opinion, right? Um, you, you sit in a college campus, sit in a college classroom, listen to a professor lecture, and you get that pretty, pretty quickly. I was raised with some pretty deep, strong uh, Judeo-Christian values, very outspoken parents. Um, they didn't put up with a lot of crap. And, and I knew what I believed in. I, I had wrestled with that myself at a very young age. And so um, I, I noticed that there was a, a, lot of, um, a lot of wild ideas, as there should be, right, and, and on a university setting. And so I sure. began writing. Yeah. The thing that the problem that I had was I would read the campus newspaper, which is the Red and Black. That is the that is the University of Georgia campus newspaper. I'd read the Red and Black, and I and it was it was largely void of con- conservative thought. Um, it was all liberal progressive talking points, and this was 1991. So I uh, I said I want to submit articles to the Red and Black. And they, they agreed, they let me do it. And so I became a regular contributor to, to the red and black. And, um, and it was, uh, I'm going to grab this toy from my dog before she starts squeaking it. The uh, (laughs) it's, I became very outspoken on a lot of things that we're talking about right now. You know, I I was very outspoken in terms of life. Uh, I would address topics like the myth of overpopulation, um, the, all of these things that are talking points now, things that are still have kind of come to a head. You know, I started addressing the advent of postmodernism and what that was going to look like in our world as we kind of changed f- from modernism to postmodernism. Uh, you know, what existentialism and what that looks like. And so, you know, it, it, I was kind of a precursor to, to my truth, your truth, kind of thing, because I, I could see the handwriting on the wall. And the reason I could was because. At the age of 18 i started traveling to other countries and i just got a wild hair and i said you know i'd find a trip of somebody going to africa or central america and i'd say can i go with you guys and and, and they'd let me go so i started seeing things around the world and, and especially when you'd fly through europe i would see where europe was and i'd go we're about 20 years from this reality in america so I kind of can see the handwriting on the wall. Quite literally, it was on the wall in the airports with, you know, topless models there in France. And so I said, this is where we're heading in America. Yeah. And that's where where we've gotten to. So uh, I was writing, you know, all along I was that way. Well, when things took off for me in my early 40s and I began to have an actual platform, I always said, I said, okay, Chad, shut up. Don't get into politics. Be successful for once in your life. Uh, (laughs) Ask God send angels to lay flaming swords across your lips to keep you from saying dumb stuff and just stay out of it. Just leave politics alone. Go out and be a funny guy. Everybody loves you and just leave it alone. And then Hillary Clinton ran for president and I could not stay silent. I just And, I and think that was the sign from God
0: back. telling you to not be silent.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I think God tapped me on the shoulder and said, okay, go, just go. And so... Um, I wasn't necessarily a Trump proponent. I mean, I tell people that when I got in the voting booth, there were two boxes, it was Hillary Clinton and not Hillary Clinton, and I voted yeah. not Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, I, I grew to love Donald Trump. I didn't understand Donald Trump, but, you know, the die was cast at that point. You know, if you remember back in 2015, when we voted in that presidential election, a lot of people didn't know they were doing something that was going to drastically polarize them from the rest of the planet. You know, we were oh, divided. Yeah. I get that, but we didn't know that suddenly we were going to be ostracized and called Nazis and racists and homophobes and xenophobes and bigots and misogynists. Right, but, but and every we
0: knew we knew just <laughs> how evil the other side was, right? But we knew how just evil yeah. the other side was with Hillary Clinton and all of the corruption that was behind her. And I think that election was the turning point where that started to come out more. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, it's just yeah. snowballed and been like, oh yeah, well, it's been corrupt for generations.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. You know, as a
0: you know, I
2: can remember, you know, as a guy who at the time voted for George W. Bush. I I remember the the, the God, they crucified him publicly for everything. And uh now those of us on the right are crucifying him too. But you know, it was yeah. it was funny how deservedly so how you look at that and you're like, Man, these people nobody's ever gonna be happy with anybody. But I think the two thousand sixteen uh when Trump became when he took office you know, through the primaries of 15 and then the election of 2016, it was like, wow, um, we're a different country now. We're diametrically opposed. This. We've now entered into a Cold War with one another. And, uh, you know, now this is, the, this is the America we're living in, you know, where I, I think that, you know, as a, as a Texan now for the last 21 years, Uh, I talked about it on Sarah Gonzalez's show the other day. Um, Constitutionally, I think we're not patriots unless we're consistently talking about secession. From the federal government. I think our founding fathers consistently talked about that and said that not only do we have a right to discuss it and should be discussing it, but we need to talk about abolishing the government from time to time. Uh, and we now we're called seditious and traitorous for things like that. No, I think constitutionally, those are conversations we need to be having. And we're here now talking about conventions of states. We're talking about the 10th Amendment, which has never been truly utilized in America. Uh, we're realizing that the Constitution is is basically null and void in terms of how our federal government is treating it, and so these are issues where. You know, I just, I just said, you know what? I can't stay silent anymore. Just this morning, someone said to me on Twitter. They said, you know, you, you were a halfway decent entertainer. Now you're, you're finished. You're ruined. Just sit back and watch. You're, you're ruined for the rest of your life. You'll never do anything. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, well, you know what? Hell, really? if, you're if you're finished, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case. Then pour, poor fuel on the flame because, because I got nothing to yeah. lose. Yeah. Um, right. You know. don't Don't uncage me. Don't take me off the leash because that's going to be the worst thing you could possibly do. Um, You know, I I live in a world where, look, I'm spread out so many different places. Uh, You could deplatform me, but it'd be hard to do. Uh, People can block me on social media. But again, I've diversified myself in so many different ways. It's going to be hard to escape my voice. And, you know, I I just say bring it on in that regard because you're not going to shut me up at this point. This is a holy war for me.
0: I'm with you exactly, and it, it has to become that. And at 316,000 subscribers on just the YouTube channel, I think you're doing all
1: right. <laughs> How do you stay on YouTube? Yeah. How do they? What do you? You do know, subscribe somebody or? <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, knock on wood, Ken. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I, I've you know, I, I think it. Some of it helps to be on Blaze. Honestly, I think some of it helps because they are such a big powerhouse and bring so much revenue to the entities like YouTube. But I don't know, man, I, I have managed to um, strategically skirt certain things. Um, I know how to pick the right battles, I think. And I don't, I you know, I don't so back lucky. off. You know, and I, I don't back off. You know, on my show, there are certain yeah. phrases they've often encouraged us not to use. Uh, you know, when you start talking about a certain medical pr- procedure that everybody has been pushed to have in the last two years. Uh, you know, there's certain yeah. things that they're, they're kind of no nos to talk about. I still talk about them. You know, I still go at it. They're like, "Oh, YouTube's going to dock us," and we have been docked every now and then. But they they let us come back. And I don't know. It's yeah. a, it's a weird thing, man. I don't. There's a lot of things that I've escaped. Um, not quite sure how I have, but there's a lot of things that I've escaped. I
1: yeah. have not been as lucky as no. You? Uh, got, Ken, got, Ken, Ken now a deep they, uh, off of Facebook, uh, they erased me off of Facebook about what? Two years ago? Mm-hmm. Two years ago. You you got back on Twitter? Got back on uh, Twitter, but I I went off mainly because I found it to be so negative. Yeah. You know, so I was just cool. hanging on Instagram. And now, now Instagram. I'm back on Twitter because Instagram erased me last week. Now is it is it just like a thirty day thing or is <laughs> no, it erased? It's erased. Oh, it's erased. Uh, yeah. no more memes. No more memes. It's okay. I'll Are it you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Erased. Yeah, because I—I mean, I—I—I I, I, I do mention the medical procedure quite frequently. Yes, and how it has yes. uh, uh, been uh, uh, just—it's uh, to me a cons- I've been using the hashtag conspiracy to commit mass murder in just about every jab-related <laughs> entry that I see, and I think maybe that adds something to do with it, just a little bit. <laughs>
3: I
2: got you know I had a I had a story that got pulled down on Instagram yesterday because there's a story there's a developing story in North Texas uh, north of Fort Worth. Forty six men were arrested uh, in the Fort Worth area, the South Lake area. Some were coaches, volunteer firemen, church pastors. Forty six men were arrested because they were engaged in uh, prostitution um, and with trafficked individuals. uh, there in South Lake. And so I put a thing on there. There's, I know some people that are in that community and they said, yeah, there were some of them as young as, you know, teenagers. Now, again, that's not proven yet, but, but that's, that's the word on the street. And so I said, listen, if that's the case, you know, chop them, lop them and toss them. And so Instagram pulled me down for that sentiment. Uh, because again, it was a threat of violence. Uh, It's interesting to me that Instagram read into what I was trying to say. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Right. I mean, I was discussing castration, but at least some fact checker in there saw through the saw through my thinly veiled threat of violence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, before we uh, get to the music break, one more story I want to talk to you about is uh, the question I asked you when you were on Lovejoy's radio show, is you ran for governor of Texas against uh, Greg Abbott in the primary. And I asked you what that experience opened your eyes to. So tell us why you wanted to run for governor and then that whole experience and what you pulled from that. You know,
2: I I didn't know when I first stepped into that arena. I didn't think anybody was going to take it seriously, um, but they did. And of course, it was it was immediately a joke. A lot of people thought, "Oh, you know, here's a comedian who's just trying to boost his popularity." But I just say once again, that is a terrible way to boost your popularity. It is terrible. I, mean, <laughs> I learned so much. You know, you think you know something going into something. I learned so much. These guys are so bought and paid for. These politicians, especially at that level, you know, if if you don't have the right backing, the right donors, the right consultants, the right amount of money, um, and and these guys, these people are slated. I I can tell you, I can tell you when 2026 rolls around, the next government, governor election, uh, uh, here, governor campaign here in Texas, I can already tell you who. Greg Abbott has slated to replace him and it's nobody that anybody's talking about. They're bought and paid for. It's scripted at this point. So for me, it was very frustrating because the average grassroots individual that cares about what's going on in their state and their community, find it harder and harder, uh, not even that impossible to get involved. So I saw early on, I said, okay, I've declared to do this thing. I spent 19 months traveling a very large state, which is a country unto itself, 254 counties. Uh, The border alone is, is, you know, 1,220 some odd miles with Mexico. So traveling around for 19 months, maintaining a live show schedule to some degree, as well as uh, four episodes a week on Blaze TV, I was exhausted. But I said, here's what I can do. I said, here's what I can do. I can educate people because there are people who simply don't know civics anymore. I can, I can educate people about Texas. I can remind them why Texas is great in the first place, how we're no longer great. We've slipped into a purple abyss And I can get people inspired again to love this state. And I think I was successful in that. So when people, when the Riri's Mm -hmm. come on Twitter and say, oh, you got fourth place and you only got whatever 4% of the vote. I said, yeah, but you have no idea how much I won in, in the process. Uh, It was an amazing thing. And thank God, you know, my father, thank God for him. My late father, when I was in eighth grade playing football, I said, I'm not, I'm done. I'm, I'm not, I'm not finishing this season. And he said, you don't have to play next year, but you're going to finish this season. You're going to, you're not going to quit. And so for me, uh, there were so many times I wanted to quit that campaign and I'm glad I hung in there through the whole thing. And it was very rewarding, at least to see my name on the primary ballot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something to be proud of. And so thank you for wanting to do that. And it's again, if it's putting your neck out there and trying to talk to the people.
1: Now, uh, this is Abbott's last term. He terms out, right? No, nope. there's no term limits. Oh.
2: There's no term limits oh, really? in Texas. You don't have go- term limits.
1: Uh, okay. That'll well, be fun. And that's
2: that <laughs> bad thing, because who knows what he'll do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I agree with you in, in in watching him. Abbott always seemed to be the guy who waited to see what everybody else was going to do before he made a decision to do anything. He's one of those types of politicians who tends to govern by polls, yeah. and luckily he followed desantis <laughs> yeah you and know, not like a hopeful Newsom, in, but, in uh, uh, new york too yeah what do you think did you see that tweet that uh I, you know i've never really been a fan of abbott but i thought that tweet he put out uh the other night uh about uh him being a better kicker oh and Dallas we have Cowboys. we have your response chat oh, uh, we can put that up on the I screen i think uh, yeah
0: yeah oh yeah greg abbott I, in a wheelchair would be I a better kicker that. yeah <laughs>
2: I thought it was I mean honestly I, I did think it was funny uh yeah. but but I I uh there's you see my there response I was tequila I was drinking a little tequila and uh, I, <laughs> it's bound to happen Can you secure the border reduce state spending get rid of property taxes cut subsidies to silicon valley companies and you know you see that you know lift the emergency uh mandates and keep the power on um You know, a lot of people got pissed at me because they said, well, it's just a joke. And I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, that guy's trying to do his job. Why don't you do your job? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's half a dozen missed field goals right there on the part of the governor of Texas. Exactly. Exactly,
1: exactly. And they're busting on you. Uh, For making fun of the governor when the governor Mm -hmm. was making fun of the kicker. So it's a joke on top of uh, a joke. But I mean, again, and anything funny, there's some truth involved here. And what you said is right. I mean, Abbott, there's a lot that he could have done that he could be doing that he isn't. And uh, like a lot of Republican politicians, there's a lot of talking going on, but not a lot of actual doing.
3: Well, and
2: what happened, Ken, is, you know, people's response to that, they want to defend Greg Abbott. And, you know, that's an admirable quality in people who want to defend their governor. I'm glad that they're proud. But again, it also shows how ignorant we all are to some degree of what's truly going on around us. Yes. You can't Mm -hmm. point to a single city, not a single large metropolitan area in the state of Texas that is red, not a single one. We call ourselves a red state. Not a single one of them voted red in the, in any election since 2018. So it may be Tarrant County, Fort Worth, might get close, but they even voted for Beto O'Rourke against Ted Cruz in 2018. So uh, yeah. you you say you have a, a conservative governor, but you don't have a single conservative city in in what is supposedly and historically the most red state, conservative state in the union. Uh, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't it just doesn't line up. No you know,
1: offense, you have a re- Yeah,
2: you <laughs> froze up. I can't say that again. Oh, no offense. You say that oh, I'm sorry.
0: Again. You have a Republican governor, not a conservative governor in Texas.
2: <laughs> well, and and not only that, our state representatives are the definition of rhino. They're horrible. Oh, our state reps are terrible here in the state of Texas. There may be two or three men in the state house in Austin that I would trust as true conservatives, and even some of them are
0: suspects. So it's terrible. Oh yeah things need to change and I want to talk about some solutions and some other news uh, but first before we do that we're going to have a little music break and folks if you're enjoying this show send us an email you can email me Mike and Bessie, anyone at gmail.com send us your comments your questions your concerns about Lovejoy we all have concerns uh and also you <laughs> can find too. we oh, yes and you can also find this show make sure you find the show on Rumble subscribe to the Rumble page find the show on CTA conservative telev- television of america at ctva.tv wow. subscribe to us on youtube and uh, get get our numbers up a little closer to chad so we we can do it that'd you be know. nice if, if Chad <laughs> If Chad's going down the drain, what are we? We're already down there. We're we're waiting for him. We're waiting for him. (laughs) Uh, And also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And uh, if you really enjoy the show, you can donate to the virtual bucket using real dollars with Venmo that the IRS has not yet taken a hold of, so we greatly appreciate it. Just keep it under (laughs) 600 bucks. Exactly. 599.99 yeah. anyway uh so we're gonna play i have a chad prather song chad prather and the ragamuffins and i got some questions about that band after the song but before we do that you can say i open for you so here's my band mike and Bassiani is blues rockers with I uh, born in chicago <laughs>
3: I was 17 years old. Well, my parents man right now. When I was 17 years old, there's one thing I can say about that boy. Now we gotta go. Chicago. I was born in Chicago. I was born in Chicago. I was born in Chicago. Cook County, Illinois. Now penicillin' is killing what's left of our love. You were the sweetest thing in this little town. I used to come undone when you'd come around. Now I can really see you're as worthless as can be. and round I shall get my gun and put you in the ground
0: With Chad Prather and the ragamuffins. Dog, I got over you. Yeah.
2: Little biscuit cameo in there. I that.
0: Oh. So I love uh, it. I got, love- that, that's, that, that's a country song right there.
2: <laughs> I've always said, you know, uh, country music historically has always been about blue collar, hardworking people that really pull themselves up by the bootstraps, but you got to add a little cheating, drinking and dying in there there's not, there's not enough of those three uh, qualities in what they call country music anymore
0: that's true very true very true and uh so you have the band chad prather and the ragamuffins and you do shows with them uh you have the other comedy tour coming up right uh tell us about that quickly yeah.
2: Yeah, so I was landing on an airplane uh, coming in from somewhere uh, about six months ago, and I texted my buddy Jesse Payton. Jesse's a comedian out of Houston, very funny. He's done the Vasani a few times mm-hmm. there in Port Charlotte, yeah. and uh, he was there with you. The uh, and I texted Jesse. He opened for me all through twenty one, and and I said, "Man, let's let's grab a couple of guys and, and go out and work less and make more." And um, our buddies uh, Dustin Sims and, and Zach Rushing. Uh, they'd done some shows together. And I said, see if, they, see if they're open to doing it. So we put this thing together and decided to call it the Buckwild Comedy Tour. Man, I, I'm not only the oldest guy on this tour, but I'm, I'm the choir boy on this thing. Uh, <laughs> these, these guys, uh, Zach Rushing is the epitome of uh, uncensored. Uh, and of course, Dustin and Jesse are what they are. Of course, Zach's six foot five, weighs about 285 pounds. Ain't nobody going to shut Jeez. him up anymore. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's a big old boy. I mean, corn-fed country boy. So I said, "Here's the deal." I said, "Jesse Payton, he has a hard time staying within his time limit. So let's let's make him do thirty minutes right up front. Then Dustin will do thirty minutes right after that." I said, "I'll easily do thirty minutes as quick as possible." And I said, "And then we'll tell Zach he's going to do thirty minutes, but I don't care if he goes two hours. We're going to leave, <laughs> and, and right. he can spend the rest of the night with those people. We'll be down the street at the bar." Uh, but the goal is everybody does, everybody does 30 minutes. It's a two hour show. Um, we've all, every one of us have dealt with getting canceled, you know? And so we just said, we're going to put a, we're going to put a show out there that we just don't give a rat's ass. We're going to say whatever we want to say. Um, we're going to, no topic is off limits. And so I've been promoting the show by trying to tell people not to come, like just (laughs) don't do it. Don't, don't do it. My mother, you know my mother's in Augusta, Georgia. She, she'll be 80 in July and and she doesn't get out of the house and and she said are are y'all going to do that show in Augusta and I said yeah we're going to do it in May and she said well I'm going to pray it doesn't happen. <laughs> and I said <laughs> I said what? She goes it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I just know how y'all get and it's embarrassing. And I was like why she goes well people are going to think things i said mom you're 80 years old every opinion about you has already been formed no one is still out there forming opinions of you they already know who you are and what they think of you and they're not going to change their mind because they come to one of my shows i said so you know suck it up old lady <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, i loved your uh your ad on your show the other day that that you said uh, talked about your joplin missouri show Coming up, basically, step yeah. over the needles, over all the garbage, and, and just come come to the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that, that sometimes we have to
2: go to places, and, and it's not as, you know, I can give a hard time to a place like Joplin. You know, sometimes they stick us in the venues that you, you, you might have to go through uh, a few districts to, to get over there to it. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, look, I, listen, I've built a brand of comedy. By making fun of everything, everything, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I make fun of myself more than anything else. And I grew up in the South, you know. I like to joke that that I got a cousin that got arrested for selling chicken salad sandwiches at a cockfight, you know, because she didn't have <laughs> a food permit. I mean, that's as country as <laughs> you know? So, so I, you know, I make jokes about life and and you know, observational things. And and for me. Man, whenever somebody tells me they're offended by something, it's honest to God. Like, it's like a pit bull getting a, a whiff of chicken's blood. I mean, I, I, I just can't get enough, man. I, I just go yeah. in for it. I'm like, come on, let's wrestle. And and I don't know. It's a bad habit. You know, I've always been the kind of person when it comes to humor. I've always prided myself in that, man, I can take you to the to the cliff and I can show you the edge, but I won't push you over. If you choose to jump over, that's your business. And we might have enough momentum when we get there, we can't stop. But, but I usually know when to pull back. But it doesn't matter. If somebody jumps over the cliff or their mind goes there, it's still my fault. and They're going to blame me. <laughs> but I think, look, right. I think when it comes to humor and I think it comes to comedy, we got to get back to, you know, it's, it's not a constitutional right to be able to kill, tell jokes. Yeah, we have free speech. The government can't limit right. it. But, you know, comedy is a subjective thing. Everybody has a different mm-hmm. sense of humor. You jump on social media. Uh, you jump on social media, and, and this— whoever had the idea that 8 billion people with different personalities could get on one place and share ideas without going at each other's throats was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've always said there's two places that you should expect to get challenged and a little bit offended every time you walk in the door. One is the comedy club, and the other is the church. And we've neutered both, um, yeah. you know. Now, now we've, our pastors have become self-help gurus and motivational coaches, and our and our comedians are, you know, you know they, they 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 use that big phrase, you know. They like to say, "Oh, y'all like to punch down; you don't punch up." Like, what the hell, what the hell is that? My thing is, are people they go laughing? low?
0: We go high. I punch. So yeah, and that's so drunk. dumb. Yeah.
2: I, I'm like, listen, <laughs> I understand that rednecks like me aren't as an intellectually superior as you, New York comedians. But you know what? I'll think about that while I'm standing in line at the bank to deposit money. So you know, yeah, my yeah, thing right. is, if people yeah. are laughing, people are laughing. Who cares? You know, I, exactly. I listen. To people say, "Oh, you make fun of Nancy Pelosi." My God, Nancy Pelosi deserves to be ridiculed. I mean, I want to yep. see. I want to see where her nipples are. I want to see where the surgeon put those <laughs> nipples because I know by looking at her face that her eyebrows aren't in the right spot. Really, so I don't think do you, you really want to see the nipples. Either. I want to see. A you woman. Really want to
1: see a... I want to see. I don't care if you heard it here, folks. To to I, I
0: you heard it mama. here, folks. Chad Prather wants to see Nancy Pelosi's oh, mental nipples.
1: picture hurting my brain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I
2: saw. You know, I saw her in that bathing suit from when yeah. she was on the shores of Italy back last summer on vacation, mm-hmm. and, and those are aftermarket oh, bolt oh, oh, on oh, an eighty-two-year-old oh, oh. woman. I'm like, oh, mama.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. mama! Yeah, and that brings us to our <laughs> patriot and traitor portion of the show, and there's going to be another little end end segment here, but after this, so okay. so hang around, folks. So, right. Chad, we'll start with you. Who is your patriot of the week? Do you have a patriot of the week?
2: Uh, boy, that's a tough toss-up, but I'm going to go with my buddy Chad Robichau. Chad Robichau is uh, he was a UFC, uh, he was an MMA fighter, he was a featherweight champion, um, he was an eight-time eight-time deployed force recon marine. He's a super great guy and he's only five foot four. And uh, he's made, uh, I think eight trips to Ukraine now in the last year, working with people, refugees, people who are actually suffering. But not only that, he he got 17,000 people out of Afghanistan uh, whenever the withdrawal happened under the debacle with Joe Biden. And uh, one of those was his top security clearance interpreters who was a great patriot, but he was an Afghani. And that was uh, that was uh, his friend Aziz, and so his book came out this week, "Saving Aziz." And uh, Chad Robichau Robo, we call him. He is a beast of a man. He's a great person, great man of faith. He's a good friend, and and I encourage everybody to get his book, "Saving Aziz," that just came out uh, this week. And it's it's a phenomenal read. It's like reading a true, uh, almost divinely orchestrated Tom Clancy novel, except it's
1: real
0: life. Wow. wow. That's oh, awesome cool. well very I'll nice check that out very good
1: excellent
0: mine uh my patriot goes out to uh, jay withy who is the man who saved the uh, 24 people by breaking into the school in upstate new york during the uh, quote worst storm in a generation he was just given super bowl tickets by his hometown team uh the buffalo bills there of course they're not going to be there one. but uh it was very nice and uh, legendary former bills running back thurman thomas personally delivered the surprise to Jay on Friday. So very nice to see Patriots get rewarded. He did the right thing. And uh, he said he's even getting thank you letters from Australia. So he did the right thing, saved 24 people from freezing to death. And uh, there's a Patriot
1: in the community. Ken, who's your Patriot? No, this might might surprise a lot of you who've heard what I've said about this individual over the last Ah. few years. Oh boy. But my Patriot, after what he did yesterday, Mm. Be the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. All right. The way that he handled the reporters, the way that he handled Hack Jeffries when Hack was trying to bully him into putting Swallows Well and uh, Shifty Shift and the terrorists. Yes. Oh, Omar. I believe we
0: have a Chad tweet about a, a, a Fang Fang as well. <laughs> But, continue.
1: but anyway, just the way he handled it, it you know, I like, you know, I, I hope that this is the Kevin McCarthy that we uh, uh, continue to see. Yes,
0: definitely. You know, I agree. I, I thought nice. it was
1: good the way that he stood up I, uh, to, uh, uh, to them. I, I'm very happy that he got those three off. Swalwell in particular, this guy deserves to have, his needs to have his clearance revoked. He doesn't need to be anywhere near an intel committee of any type. Yeah, very true.
0: Chad, who is your trader of the week?
1: Uh, you know what? Uh,
2: to to Ken's point, and uh, uh, I think I got to go. It's a toss up between Eric Swalwell and uh, Adam Schiff. Uh, both yeah. of them, neither of them, deserve to be on the janitorial committee much less House <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
2: um Swalwell, he and i have had a few altercations back and forth over the years he's a garbage human being and so is adam schiff uh these are people who are 100 i mean they're they're not only morons but they're morons with an agenda and it's an evil yeah. agenda that's all about power so to me those guys are garbage they don't not only need to be off the committee they need to be out of congress completely and it's amazing to me that they're still there
0: very yeah. true yeah and hopefully uh, some more change happens uh mine is a uh, part of the culture uh, war that's happening here and that everything as trump says everything woke turns to you know what uh and it goes <laughs> to mindy kaling and hbo max here for the just atrocity that is the new velma spinoff of uh it's now basically a woke scooby-doo and scooby-doo and shaggy aren't even in it uh, and while only four episodes there's the original gang i mean come on there you go and you have the original mm-hmm. velma you have the live action velma now here are the characters you got fred who they have is the white moron essentially you have daphne who is alleged allegedly asian and then you have what's his character's name pan down uh the to, uh to, to the shaggy uh, look Nor- like here Nor- norville norville and uh <laughs> scooby isn't even in the show
1: and there's uh there's the woke mindy kaling as well, you know, as velma i think it's funny look how dark velma is in in this yeah and look how light they chose to use uh, uh for the picture of mindy kaling if yeah. you look at pictures of mindy kaling over the years they it seems like they go out of their way to change the shade depending on who's printing the picture <laughs> yeah right or what the story yeah. is behind it exactly it's weird and
0: and it just to show you that nobody believes this woke garbage while only four episodes of Velma have aired so far the show has already racked up more than 41,000 one one-star reviews and on the flip side it has earned a mere 1688 10-star reviews and that's 1688 <laughs> too many so uh it, it just shows it fails and it's pathetic uh, it's too bad. Yeah.
1: I, cause I liked, I loved her in the office. I know she's a funny actress, funny. but they go woke and they go
0: broke.
2: We did, we did a piece on my show last week on, on this show. And I said, yeah. look, I'm going to give it the benefit of the pilot. My girlfriend, she kept coming in. She goes, what the hell are you watching? And, yeah. and I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting in there eating a sandwich, watching a cartoon. <laughs> and I said, Yeah, it's this is terrible. I was doing it for it's work. Even, it was terrible.
0: I couldn't make I could basic. not make
2: it through the, the pilot episode. It was terrible. Yeah.
1: Wow. All right, Ken, quickly, who's your who's your trader? Uh trader of the week would have to be Hakeem Jeffries. I mean oh, it's, yeah. uh, uh, just what he did uh, 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 trying to dominate the stage when the speaker was uh, uh, McCarthy was mm-hmm. getting a speaker gabble yeah. and how he tried to bully uh, uh mccarthy into accepting uh shift swalwell and ilan omar back on an, in, on the intel committee uh the guy's a hack his his name is very apropos he's a hack yeah. and uh, they whoa, what a dan, dan perkins was calling him uh, uh obama from brooklyn this morning (laughs) yeah so yeah uh this guy isn't gonna work out because he's 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 just he's he's a radical and uh, that's all the left can cough up anymore is just people who hate the country hate the constitution Mm -hmm. hate our freedoms and hate the rule of law and will do everything they can to subvert it hack jeffries is that guy exactly chad we have about
0: a minute and a half left the last question i have for you is one big thing we're doing on this show is solutions for this year and a way to be optimistic to the future you have your comedy show where i think it was bobby sauce i heard say the easiest way to feed somebody the truth is when they're laughing and their mouth is open uh i love that and i think it's very true what what do you feel is a good solution that we're heading towards and how how can people help in their community in your eyes you know, I think people. I think people are waking up to some
2: of the uh, the bad ideologies that progressivism in this country has led to. Our cities have gone to garbage. Uh, woke philosophy, by and large, is being frowned upon. We saw that in those reviews for Velma. I think we capitalize on that. We fill the void with a solution, and that is, uh, we start talking about. You know ways to limit our government, limit the reach. We praise people like the Freedom Caucus who held Kevin McCarthy accountable. And we continue to educate ourselves and teach people to think with complexity of thought. And so that's that's where I'm at is is let's sit back and say, okay, where are we wrong? And let's correct that.
0: Fantastic. Chad Prather, thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome anytime. And uh, we greatly appreciate it.
2: Love you guys. Appreciate you all
0: thank you man and uh folks don't forget you can find the show all those different places go down in the link below for the uh local meat club affiliate link thank you for supporting this show and uh go check out the buck wild comedy tour coming somewhere near you Joplin Missouri why not go check it out and uh (laughs) from the bunker everybody good night
1: You're watching conservative television of America, working hard to stick socialism where the sun don't shine.